Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayesh Shir 390. We started talking about at the end of last year about when libidos collide, when they have different um, drives. We started to talk about how there's a difference between spontaneous drive and a responsive drive. That uh, one spouse would have a spontaneous drive, meaning very interested in the sexual aspects on their own and would initiate. And the other one would have a responsive drive where they don't have that feeling and would rarely initiate on their own. But once they're in it, they enjoy it and they connect that way. So I'm going to quote an article I saw about a husband and a wife regarding this concept that we're talking about here that I think would be helpful for a lot of couples that are listening to this that feel and see that difference. Again, stereotypically, it's the husband that has more of the um, spontaneous drive and the wife having more of the reactive drive, but it could very well go the other way. And I think this would help by listening to this to develop, to understand the communication, to enhance the bedroom areas and, 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 and work out a deep connection there that could enhance the entire marriage. So this is the article I saw. We call the husband Matthew and the wife Courtney. And they sought to understand this dynamic when it became apparent that Matthew was a much higher drive and had a much higher sex drive than his wife Courtney had did. And they were committed to their marriage and were happy with so much about their relationship, but the tension in the bedroom led them to study and apply this information about their different drives. Matthew began reading numerous books and blogs in the effort to understand how their differing drives could be addressed. And he recognized that some of the breakdown was due to his lack of communication skills. So he knew he needed to, as a husband, work on his communication skills with his wife. And he was telling Courtney, his wife, what he wanted, but he didn't explain why he wanted it. Because for him, it wasn't just about sexual release. She thinks it's just about sexual release because he never expressed what it's really about. And focusing on whether they should have sex didn't create a relational understanding. So it led to an impasse. And the way he was responding to her refusals weren't helping either. But after Matthew learned how to connect, better communicate, and what's really going on, then Courtney, his wife, began to do some research as well and led her to realize that she was a responsive dry spouse. And she said that Matthew, her husband, is a generous lover. He never leaves me unsatisfied, so why didn't I want to have sex more often? And the responsive drive explanation made sense to me. I have a type of the way my brain works and the way my body works is that I don't have this spontaneous desire to be sexual until there's an actual engagement physically, and then I get into it, and only then I learn to respond and ultimately enjoy the experience. Once she recognized Courtney, the way her brain works, she was trying to be more open to her husband Matthew's advances. Instead of always faulting, uh, or defaulting to a no or shaming him for wanting for him wanting to have sex on a regular basis, she at least allowed the advances to take place to have the potential that it should turn into a, where they would be sexual with one another. 
before this learning about this, when Matthew started to rub Courtney's back in bed, and she was viewing it as a sexual invitation, she tensed up and often said, not tonight, I have a headache, I have to wake up early in the morning. Um, and I once said, well, we just had sex, even though it really didn't happen for already two, three weeks. But now, once she learned about this, she spoke kindly but firmly to herself and said to herself as he was rubbing her back, it's okay, he's just massaging you. Relax, don't say an automatic no. See if you can get into this and accept that this is his way of showing love to you and you can show him love back by touching him back. Now, it took a couple of weeks of this reawakening but after weeks of this roller coaster, things gradually improved, and Courtney became even more committed to growing their sexual intimacy because she saw how it improved all aspects of their marriage and made her husband Matthew feel much closer to her. And the wi- uh, her wife Courtney reflected later and said, "It's not just the thirty minutes or so that the sex takes; it's the thirty or so hours afterwards that sets the whole tone in the relationship." Now, I enjoy the sexual experience, but I enjoy the relationship following it just as much. And that's something she realized. So this libido level is something that's an issue in almost every marriage. And it helps to gain perspective on it. And although we tend to view differences in libidos as a problem, as an obstacle, in reality, it's a very normal thing. And they could work through it. And they could work and to have a healthy, beautiful balance in regards to that. Very few couples have exactly the same libido. It just simply doesn't happen. It's unusual that both spouses want sex the same amount of time or at the same time. It just simply doesn't happen. It's not realistic to believe that. You know, when you're initially married and can't get your hands off each other for a while, Fatuation period, that type of period, fine. But in real life, in real marriage, it just simply doesn't happen. And it's not that there's something wrong with the marriage. It's just simply part of life, something that one needs to learn to work through to get to a point where they have a mutual loving understanding, where they give to one another, and they are compassionate about one another, and they are sensitive to each other. And very often one would take their husband or their wife's lower desire personally that they feel unloved by the fact that they have such a low desire for it, that it feels that I feel rejected by that, that you don't really love me. And that's really misguided because the truth is it's it's nothing to do with that. And you need to change that meaning of what it's all about. When someone has less of a natural libido and they're not spontaneous about it, but reactive about it, doesn't mean they love you any less. And they can enjoy sex just as much once they get into it. So it's not a matter, the wanting to have it more or less is not a test and it's not an evaluation on what how much a person is worth. That is something very important to know. Very often, they both feel broken. The high libido person feels broken because the lower libido spouse, uh, it feels like they're rejecting them. And the lower desired spouse also could feel broken by feeling there's something wrong with them. And it's very important to know that neither of them are broken, neither of them are wrong. 
it is healthy and it's normal. Some have a higher libido, some have lower. It's not a right and it's not a wrong. It's not a plus and it's not a minus. It's just the way it is. The way you view it could be a plus for both. And that is the idea, what it is. A wife should not feel guilty if she desires sex more than what she believes most wives would and she doesn't understand it, why I have such a high sex drive, she should not feel guilty about it. A husband should not feel guilty about his high sex drive either, or having a lower sex drive. You shouldn't feel guilty about that either. It's not a matter of guilt or pressure or feeling broken. And when you pressure each other about these things, it could create a very unhealthy situation. And it exasperates the division. Sometimes you need outside help. Sometimes it pays to go to a marital therapist, someone that is an expert in physical intimacy, to give them guidelines, to give them tips in how to go about to enhance the sexual experience despite the differences in libido and how to work it out, how to negotiate with it, and how to get them both to a point where they could enjoy each other immensely, no matter what their normal, natural um, you know, level of libido is or isn't. The key really is to have, to have empathy for one another, to have empathy for the low libido spouse, that, they, that they're just doing the best they can with it and it's not as it comes naturally, doesn't come as naturally as it is to you, and to have compassion about it. And the lower libido spouse, to have compassion on the high libido spouse, realize it's not easy to want to always be expressive that way and 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 sometimes get rejected or sometimes when you're not in the mood and to have empathy for one another not pressure but empathy and love for one another not to push each other but to push within themselves each one for themselves to push towards that closeness that is healthy and in the case we just mentioned the husband Matthew the wife Courtney they can't change their brains. They don't have to change their brains. They have the brains and their bodies the way it is. But the, what, what they could do is the wife having more empathy for the husband, the husband having more empathy of, for the wife, that creates where ultimately they will be able to have a healthy, normal, vibrant sexual connection but not where the lower libido one feels overwhelmed and not where the higher libido one feels neglected. And that is really the work in progress that every couple needs to make. And again, we know that, you know, unless there's something really going on where one's really ill or whatever it is, that a minimum of at least twice a week, so it shouldn't become stale or it shouldn't be neglected, the more... You know, some people three, sometimes four. Every couple's different. But the idea being is is to work through to each other that it needs to be constant in the relationship, but there also needs to be a healthy balance of love and respect towards one another where a high-dry spouse and a low-dry spouse could work with each other and enjoy each other sexually and to enjoy each other in the overall rest of the relationship as well. It's important for one to realize a low libido person is not being um, mean or selfish, and a high libido person is not being selfish either for wanting or desiring more sex. There's nothing wrong with it. 
There's nothing wrong inherently with either one. And that's very important to know this. And both spouses can grow greatly in character and in spiritual maturing and understanding and empathy if they address their different libidos and accommodate the other. They both accommodate the other. Where the high libido one accommodates and realizes there may be certain nights indeed. You already had the physical intimacy twice or three times that week even. And now it's maybe the fourth time. And here you have your wife or husband, the lower libido one, overwhelmed, can't get into it right now. And he needs to know or she needs to know, okay, I'll let it go. And we won't have intimacy right now. You can go to sleep and everything's fine. And the other way around also. So we're, 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 um, one allows it to take place. It's hard in the beginning, but once they get into it and they enjoy it very much and they both grow as a result, they both grow as a result and the quality of the physical intimacy gets better and the quantity gets better. There's an increased desire. That's ultimately what happens, by the way that there is still overall an increased desire to want to physically connect with one another if they have this acceptance and love and learn those lessons to understand and communicate better regarding these differences in the sexual drives. Because Courtney, in this case, knew she enjoys having sex, but it takes a while for her brain to kick into gear, to get into that mode. It takes time. She inherently enjoys it and loves it, but it takes her time to get into it. And sometimes she's not successful, even though she wants to. But she really does want to. So the key is to be patient, to talk about it, to work with each other with it. And ultimately, it gets better and better. And she admitted that once she learned about all this and worked it together with her husband, I'm much happier in my marriage. We don't have these ill feelings anymore. We don't have this resentment anymore. We're not guarded with each other. We feel so much open and better. And uh, she does enjoy the sex more often. The low libido partner, when they're treated with respect and their understanding of their high libido partner and they're loving about it and they're loving towards each other about it, the low libido person will enjoy sex more often and the high libido person will be able to forego sometimes with a happy good cheer and without feeling bad whatsoever. And this is a work in progress, and it could happen, and it should happen, and it it is a vehicle for a beautiful marriage. So we'll end this year by basically going through some of these points we just mentioned over here. We explained that enjoyable sex won't be able to save a bad marriage, and you can have, quote-unquote, great sex, I'm putting it in quotes, where the, it, the, it's really selfish about physical release and you could have a very bad marriage and it won't last. But the other way around, if someone is not working on the physical intimate aspects of it, it could cause a big strain and a distance in a marriage and therefore it's important to work towards that. And again, what we're talking here has, we're not talking abuse here, we're not talking addiction. That's a separate parasha for separate shiur. We're talking about normal relatively healthy human beings. And the question is also, when you're struggling in the bedroom, realize, do I have unrealistic expectations about it? Is it based on lack of information? 
Some people over here may not understand the differences of libidos. Some people over here may not understand that there's a difference between a spontaneous drive and a reactive drive. And once they learn about it, then they could, it's like a light bulb in the head, and now they could start communicating and talking about it. They realize now that the high libido person is not an animal, and a low libido person is not being, not being a snob. There's a lot more healthy things that are going on just simply the way their brains are wired differently and they could come to a way of communicating in a way where they could have a loving physical relationship where they both can enjoy it immensely with understanding each other's natures. And it's very important to understand that 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 if there's no communication and the left hanging sexually, it feels like an emotional abandonment. It's not just that you're, this is a mistake people make that it, when there's a pain, when there's a rejection in the sexual aspects in a not nice way, it's not just a, phys, a physical pain of not having that, that physical release when you desire it, but there's a tremendous emotional pain of feeling abandoned. Whether it's real or not real, that's the way they feel. It's an emotional aspect to it also. And the skills we develop to understand and serve each other during physical intimacy will help every aspect of the marriage and create a more intimate union between the husband and a wife to understand the differences between spontaneous drive where people normally right away without any... Um, you know, um, triggers, just simply seeing their wife or their husband want to be sexual with them. And then there's a responsive drive where they need that engagement before getting into it. And this, knowing this and knowing this different nature creates wonders in addressing and helping Shalom Bayis in this area. And when you expect your husband or wife to desire sex as much as you do or as little as you do is not realistic. There will always be different desires. And there's different desires about everything, not just pertaining to the sexual aspects. Why should sexual aspects be any different than any other thing that you don't see eye to eye about millions of other things? So this is one of those other things. And this is a very helpful way of understanding this. It's very important for a high libido spouse to not get frustrated by taking their spouse's lower desire personally. And neither one should feel broken. Neither one should feel that there's something wrong with them. Of course, there's nothing wrong with going for help and counseling to help with this intimate aspects. If there are things in the bedroom that need work on and you, in the private objective therapist that could help, it's a good idea to do that. And one needs to know you know, the, the subjects are talking about sexual aspects a lot. Sexual issues are very rarely just about the sexual sex. It really is, there's an emotional and spiritual component to it as well. And that's very, very important. And it's not, it's not wrong to desire more sex. It's not uh, wrong when someone feels that they need less of it. It's just healthy 
for them to communicate with one another and to work towards each other. And the key being is, whether you're high or you're with a little low, if you do this in the right way, you both can enjoy it immensely. And most of the time, you'll be able to be together and enjoy very, very much being together. And then there'll be a, a nights here and there, nights here and there, where the lower libido one is having difficulty getting into it. And it'll be okay. And they'll just let it go in those given nights or whatever it is. And they'll both be fine with this. And then there are other nights where a low libido spouse will sense that their husband or wife truly, truly needs it tonight. And, you know, and they really, really could use it. And they sense a certain, like, I really want to be connected with you tonight. And they'll overcome their natural inner uh, um, resistance and they will engage sometimes yes and, and, and sometimes it won't happen also fine and they work towards each other and again I'll be Messiah this year and this sounds very strange to many people that you could ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu and should ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Siyat Deshmaya in this area just like you ask for Siyat Deshmaya in every area of life this aspect of life is no less important, no different, no less, no, re, no, no, any, n- not any more superficial than any other aspects of life. It is very important. And you ask HaKadosh Baruch to help us, help us. We have this, sometimes a conflict or sometimes difference of libidos and we're not sure how to handle it. Please help us have siyata deshmaya to have shalom with this, to have communication with this, if we, and to find the right shliach if we do need to speak to somebody about this, and to help each other with this area in life. And with this, the shechina is there, and loves to be there, and wants to be there, and brings special bracha to both the husband and the, and the, and, and the wife, filling them with inner simcha and sipek nefesh in their marriage, in the bedroom, and outside the bedroom. Bracha and atzlacha.